I think the passage that we need to do as an industry is to transform coffee from a functional beverage into a recreational beverage. And we need to be able to communicate better to consumers the values, the intrinsic, extrinsic values that are part of the flavor descriptors, the like and dislike. This episode is proudly brought to you by Mapper Forwards Workshop. It's time to become a coffee consultant. Learn how to diversify your revenue streams and create freedom from your day job while saying goodbye to that alarm clock forever by becoming a consultant within the coffee industry or directly to consumers who have shifted towards home brewing and home roasting. Protect your income from challenging times in the coffee value chain by taking this course today. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for details. Powered by DXB Live and World of Coffee Dubai, Mapper Forward is proud to be the official podcast partner of World of Coffee Dubai in 2024 for a second year in a row. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a 15-part series. And this episode, I am joined at World of Coffee Dubai, live in person. We've never done one live, have we? No, we've never done Live it. in person with Cosimo Libato. Cosimo, welcome to the podcast. Thank for, you very I don't know many. how many times you've been on the podcast now, three third, or four? I think my third or fourth third or time. Four? Yeah, yeah. Always a pleasure. This is a a fun question that we're going to be exploring today. But before we do that, I want to thank you for being our uh, partner with regards to brewing. Oh, thank you Um, for having us. It is, in my opinion, one of the best brew methods out there. I have to tell you, I tasted it this morning. Um, I'm always looking to support anything that you do. And this is when, when Noah said to me, we have to use the hoop. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, tell me about the hoop. And he's like, no, you just got to taste it. And when I watched him brew this morning, it's fantastic. So thank you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate, like, it's important that you like it because it's, yeah. not, it's not a given. Uh, but yeah, I also was skeptical when I joined the company. It was already existing. I didn't invent it. And I was yeah. like, oh, there is another brew method out yeah, there right? that, you know, one <laughs> comes out every day. So I said, we're going to be the, the one million brew method. Right. And then I tried it and it makes it super easy to brew. Even people that don't know how to brew, yeah. just a couple of parameters under control, like the grind size, yeah. the right dose with the scale, and then you just pour water and walk away. Yeah. And that makes it super easy for a lot of people. It's kind of wild. When I said to Noah, what brewer are we going to use at World of Coffee? And he's like, call Cosimo, tell him we want the hoop. <laughs> and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And I said, I haven't heard of it yet. He's yeah. like, trust me, it's, this is it. This is going to be the next big thing. And not just that, like this is something that he really, like not just because it's going to be the next big thing, this is something he'd use in his cafes. Yeah, yeah. Which is wild. It's great. Oh, look, we're getting a lot of traction with it. Uh, We won the Best New Product Award in Athens with it. Yeah. It's great for cafes because it doesn't get in the workflow because you don't have to stay there pouring for five minutes waiting for it to finish. It's very standard, so you don't need to spend a lot of time training new people. Yeah. So it's easy. And it's easy. The concept behind Hoop is to make flavor accessible, both in price and in how easy it is to obtain it. Yeah. So the equipment you need... It's really basic price, basic investment, yep. and you can get great flavor everywhere, even camping if you want. Yeah, wow. Now, your invitation onto the podcast was not because of that. Your invitation no. onto the podcast is because I like the way you think. Oh, thank And you. it's my pleasure. You and I have had many conversations over the years, all of them deeply delicious about a lot of 
wide spanning things. But this year, given that there's a lot of volatility in the market over the next 24 months, I wanted to have this conversation with you about empowerment because this is going to be a time that's going to be destructive for a lot of people, but there's going to be opportunities to be empowered through that destruction. Some people are going to be successful during that. Other people are not going to be successful during that. From both of those elements, there is an opportunity for empowerment. So you as a thinker, you as a deep feeler, you as an empath, you as somebody who leads people and sits in a position where you see a lot of the supply chain, what do you think we can do to empower the coffee industry in 2024? It's, it's a very good question. Um, we already talked about this, not Many directly, <laughs> not directly, but we did touch on it. Last time you we, on the we touched more on the disruption more right. than, than on the empowerment part of it. I was very fortunate in 2023 to spend a lot of time at Origin and I saw a very different type of Origin. Wow. What was a, a high opener for me was Honduras. Honduras was, uh, I went there with Let's Talk Coffee and Sustainable Harvest. Uh-huh. Um, uh, David Greenswald invited me to be one of the speakers to sort of talk strategy to farmers, communication strategy to farmers. Your phone is ringing loud. Is uh, that your phone? No, it's not mine. Okay. Go on. No, your, no. Your phone ringer is on. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. Okay. Okay. You don't hear it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So I I went to Honduras and uh-huh. I found out that um, a lot of coffee was not picked from the trees because of uh, people leaving the country. So out of nine million people in Honduras, yeah. one and a half million had left the country so yep. third some some very good coffee was not picked from the trees and was you know getting yeah so all this money goes into the inputs all this time goes into the into the harvesting all this well i mean the preparation for harvest all of that and then it just sits on the tree yeah i mean 30 percent on some farms 30 yeah, percent of yeah. the cherries weren't picked yeah, and yeah. this is something that is uh, affecting all of central america right now and i think some parts of brazil some parts of colombia and so uh, migration is as big as climate change in terms of, of impacting the future of coffee. Yeah. And that's the first part. Empowering that part of the industry is the key. Now, how do you do that? It's very tricky. Like, there is no easy solution. But definitely, when people don't feel safe, people don't have access to health systems, uh, food, or continuity of income. Yeah. Females being exposed to violence and in danger. I mean, those areas, when you travel there, you see, you see the unpretty part yeah, of, 100%. of coffee in general. One of the things that I am pretty happy to be part of that I think is not fixing the problem or any problem specifically, but is going to help changing the narrative around coffee and the industry and the supply chain is the the fact that we will you know what the SCA is doing with the CVA coffee value assessment system yep. uh, and the principles of it because trading coffee based on a score and I've done that so I'm, I was part of the people that has done that the thought was the best thing for the industry for many years right I'm not saying others I was part of that group it's good to give a score but the score usually is very subjective and is decided by the person that buys the coffee. I have been saying this for 
more than a decade. Okay, so, and it was also, that protocol was actually made by a group of very good, technically good people in 2004, but never reviewed, never had any science behind it. It was based on experience from mm. people that were experts in cupping. They wanted to create a form that would standardize and create a language around trading coffee. That form became a score. Now, it's good that the coffee is evaluated based on its quality, but that's why the CVA, what it does, separates three aspects of the evaluation and changes the narrative around the trading of coffee. Mm -hmm. So the first one is the description of the coffee, quality-wise, and that comes with a score but it's not a score that you use to trade the coffee. It's a right. score that assesses the presence of quality in the coffee that you're cupping. And it's not based on like or dislike. Actually, there is another form that is created for the uh, subjective, uh, affection, the affective form is called. Mm -hmm. I like it, I don't like this attribute, I like it, I don't like it. But this way you're separating mm -hmm. the quality present in the coffee and the attributes present in the coffee from I like it, I don't like it. Because there might be a lot of an attribute, but you don't like it. Uh, so the descriptive form is based on keys that are coded by University of UC Davis in mm -hmm. California. And you can't just write any note you want there. Is those codes the presence of those aromatics? Is either there or not there? Can be one or more of those, a whole of those in the coffee? You tick boxes and you, you go with body, intensity, you describe the physical, organolectic mm -hmm. present, things are present. Which there. is still a subjective element, right? Like your to ability to degree, taste something, yeah. your ability to yeah. sense it and, yeah. and, and assess even the idea of what intense means to one person may be intent different to what intense means to another person, right? Absolutely true. The interesting part of that, because it's coded, we're not really, that, you understand at the end what I'm, why that makes everything more sustainable because I'm getting to the question. Okay. The subjective separates the descriptive form from I like it, I don't like it. The affective is called the affective form. Right. Then there is the extrinsic form that is the name of the farm the type of, of coffee used, the elevation, the processing used are all information that uh, have, have been used, for instance, in wine for, to trade wine. Right. Like consumers do not care about the score. If I tell this is an 87 to a consumer, the consumer will have a hard time to understand what that means versus an 89 or a 90. And we, as industry professionals, sometimes we have that it's right. very subjective, as you said. Mm -hmm. Now, before I conclude my, my thing on this, is I want to add another element that okay. is an external element. Okay. Sorry, I opened many parentheses, but then no I'll close problem. up. <laughs> I, it's <laughs> typical. She knows. <laughs> Lee knows I do this. So With the conversations throughout life. No, I'll close everything at the end. It's <laughs> yeah, all related. Totally. So I want to create now a context. We are in a situation where the market, in order to empower the market and the players in the market, we have to understand the context. The context is that we're living, fortunately, which is a threatened opportunity, we're living a massification of specialty. The demand from consumers of something that is related to an experience mm -hmm. has gotten bigger globally after the pandemic. Right. W they do not intend specialty as the professional in the industry intended. They intend flavor. We're in the business of flavor, of delivering flavor. The wine industry has been able to transform a beverage that was actually uh, wine 
the table wine. My grandfather had a had vineyards and right. a winery, and he was making table wine. At that time, wine was used for two things: calories, uh huh, and getting a bit numb yeah. when you had to work the whole day in yeah. in the country picking uh, agricultural products. Yeah, right. That's what wine was for. Wine went from a functional beverage into a recreational beverage. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same passage the coffee needs to make from a functional beverage, caffeine, into a recreational beverage, which is flavor. And that's what consumers are asking for. They're asking for consumer to for coffee to become part of an experience that I'm having when I drink. In the Arab countries, co coffee is consumed at night because it's part of a, a moment. It's a, we've embedded coffee into the cultural experience of our the flow of our day the flow of conversation all of that but i do want to challenge you on something wait, wait okay go on go, but no, no, go that's on. why but that's why here specialty coffee is flourishing so much now let's go back to the coffee mm -hmm. uh part i think the passage that we need to do as an industry is to transform coffee from a functional beverage into a recreational beverage and we need to be able to communicate better to consumers the values, the intrinsic and extrinsic values that are part of the flavor descriptors, the like and dislike. And now you do that. I rem you remember that I co said to you that we coded the, yes. the, the, what you find? Well, we're not basing um, the information on one person, but what we're going to start seeing by origin and by destination countries, flavor preferences, because that's going to become big data. Right. And we're going to be coding all the data. So we know that, for instance, in Dubai, the preference is a coffee that tastes like cherries and, and very fruity and very flavorful. Don't take that as gospel, guys, that he's just using an example. It's an example. It's an example. You, you'll get quoted by oh, a lot no, of no. people. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I've already <laughs> happened. It's an example. We start seeing that a lot of those coffees get traded in Dubai. We start seeing, for instance, that in Turkey, they like, you know, what is considered, for instance, a defect, which is phenolic. Right. Turkish coffee consider it, consider it Rio, consider it as a, as a, as a plus. It's right. part of the flavor experience. Those information can be given to farmers because we've been going as an industry to tell farmers, you have to make this processing, and we are no experts in processing. We've been telling them, you need to do this thing and I'll buy your coffee. Many of the people that say that usually don't show up the next year, or maybe it's not what they expected, because right. processing coffee is not easy. What if instead we tell farmers, where is the perfect market for the coffee they have? Well, um, my concern about this is that by the time you guys figure that out, the industry will near or not exist anymore. Well, we have launched already the beta test last year and we are signed... But how long to collect the data that you need to be able to help producers understand that? They're coming that? in live. They're, 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 every app, everything is going to have it on... For, fortunately, we have digitalized the organization a bit. And a we're able, bit. And, we're, and we are able also to collect this data. I think within a year, we'll be able to have up and running. And you have Yanis later. You can yes. ask him. Folks, tune in for the conversation with Yanis. Um, this is going to be interesting. This is the way to make it. You need to help yeah. the farmers selling what they have, finding a market yeah. for their coffee. Not telling. We kept telling them what they needed to do. And sometimes... So you're going the other way. You're going to look for who the market is Connecting, for creating a link. Because otherwise, if they know where the market is, all the coffee they have gets sold. More income more fetching more money not based on score 
rather based on the work you've done, other values. So it's sort of like data-driven marketing. Yes. And I, and Which I love that. Which farmers don't have. No, no, they don't at all. And I love the idea of that. My only question is, and it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be one that we're going to watch in real time, right? Like, we're in crisis now. And, we are. And so um, I really hope this is the thing that saves everything for them. Because you are such an innovative thinker, Cosmo. I, I, it's not my job. No, I, mean, I it's know not my it's work. not your idea. What I'm thinking, what I'm saying is, you're you're an innovative thinker, and you're in a position. You know, yeah. for those who don't know, he's in the SCA board. So, what I'm excited about, and what I'm hopeful of, as we talk about empowering people in challenging times, right? Yeah. That we're we're able to take this tool, find a way to amplify it, because I think it's great what it's going to do. Yeah. As long as it does it in time, I guess, right? I mean, is that a concern? Look, in terms of time, you say? In, in terms of it having the impact that it's intended to have. Look, we, we have been working politically with all the other coffee associations. We've been trying to involve them, all of them. We have signed a memorandum of understanding with ICO to distribute education on this particular method of evaluation of coffee at origin. We're trying to push on the pedal as fast and as much yeah. as we can. No doubt. But we understand that time is critical. Yeah, we're no mean, doubt. We're all, we, we're we all aligned. Know. We know that we're in a crisis situation. Yeah. But, and the associations, most of them have been responding. There are even Great. more that want to sign memorandum of understanding. I mean, the SCA right now is that bridge. And a lot of people don't like everything we do. And I understand that and I respect You're that. You're kidding, right? We, I'm no. so shocked by that revelation. We, 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 we kind of know. We get feedback constantly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we do. I, I assume coffee people are quite shy in giving no, their feedback. No, they're very, 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 <laughs> very vocal about everything. But the reality is that if it wasn't the SCA nowadays, how do we connect the dots? Because yeah. that's what we're doing. We're creating a framework. That's our job. I mean, sometimes people want us to fix the problems of the world and... That's way above what we can do. But connecting dots, connecting places, and try to expedite and facilitate the industry to become linked, that's what we're doing. Because yeah. that's the only way out. It really is. I mean, and, and we have to find, it's not going to be perfect, but we have to find a way to fix this quickly. We have to find a way to come together to do it. Because producers are throwing up their arms and saying screw it I'm gonna walk off my land and I'm just gonna migrate it's happening yeah it's it's in real time I saw it in Honduras I yeah. had the perfect example and I came that was in February of last year and we had just voted in, in Guatemala with Ana Cafe we were at their their building we had voted for the CVA big budget invested in right. the CVA that's gonna be our primary investment for the next few years, let's absorbing most of the, the funds uh, of the funds of the association that we have because it, other than, I mean the day-to-day -day operations, but that's because that's the key, that's the keystone for the future of we believe of the industry. I mean that's that's the area where we need to really do a job to change the way the trade happens and empower farmers to be able to find the market in a much easier way with data. Yep and not leave it in the hands of few that obviously they're not seeing or they don't have the no. ability to understand the impact of certain decisions on the industry. Yeah. Um, I think somebody should come on the podcast and talk to us about the coffee valuation form. Yeah, well, we have uh, Kimelena Ionescu, which is the yep. one leading it. And she is definitely, she's definitely uh, much more knowledgeable than me. I'm one of the ambassadors. 
um, as board member of DSCA and treasurer. But I, I tell you, like she's technically very competent right. about any question that you might receive. So I think it will be an interesting conversation. Mario Fernandez Alduenda, which was is one of the experts in processing. Um, is also part of this group. So we have universities that are working on this. It's been very right. work coffee research. We, we've had big entities, ICO. We have memorandum of understanding signed with a number which is not official yet. I can't talk about it, but no everyone problem. is jumping on it. So the energy is po very positive. The budget is there right. uh, to invest. So we know this is critical for the future of coffee and definitely specialty coffee. And I think that's going to be where we're going to put a lot of everything that we do in the next few years. Inshallah. 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 Thank you for coming on the podcast here. I love our conversations as always, Cosimo. Will you do us the honor of peace, love and peanut butter? Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Lee. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, friends. Please don't forget to show us some love by subscribing, liking, commenting, and most of all, sharing this podcast with your friends. Check the show notes for links, including our sponsors and our Patreon. And stay tuned for more great conversations on the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward.